I'm going to read from the Old Testament and then also too from the New Testament for our message today. And our message today, although it has been delayed, it still applies for, the, for this day as well too. And I believe is a message we need to hear as we enter into this new year. From Zechariah chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. It says, Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for I am coming, and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. And then, of course, in Luke chapter 2, let me read this story to you, a reminder of the birth of our Savior, and I trust that is still fresh on your mind as you enter in this new year. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I probably could have had some help from Linus behind me in sharing this story. But from Scripture, I don't know if he uses the whole chapter that way. And it's a reminder for us, though, from this portion of Scripture, again, of a baby born in a manger for us. And as we went through Advent, we talked about how Jesus is sent to claim his crown as rightful king. We also uh, discovered, too, that Jesus is sent to reclaim his people from exile. And then uh, we looked at how Jesus is sent to proclaim the kingdom of God. And today, in finishing up our Advent and ushering us into this new year, 
I want us to see that Jesus is sent to exclaim the good news, which we also, too, are to be part of that. As this journey through Advent reached its end last, uh, last week, basically, we were filled with hope the arrival of Jesus was near. It was almost time, and you couldn't escape the signs of it during that time. Maybe the most dominant sign that uh, we were finally closing in on Christmas was the music filling the air. On all the stations, you couldn't avoid it, and it was everywhere. Everywhere we turned, songs exclaimed the good news that Christmas was almost here. In, in almost every corner of our culture, we heard the classic songs played on repeat over and over again. I think some radio stations just have like 20 of them that they play over and over again, which gets a little tiresome. But uh, uh, theologically, though, rich hymns that declared Jesus as the saving hope of the world and the very Son of God somehow found their way into the minds and even onto the lips of people all around us. There were people from Hollywood, musicians who were singing these songs. And I'm not so sure some of them knew what they were exactly singing, but they were singing the message of the gospel to all of those around them. So the message was getting out through song. And each year that happens, and those songs are sung, and people sing them. Some, again, are oblivious of what really the message is of those songs. But it's being sung, and the message is getting out. We sang joy to the world like we meant it, and we did. We declared it uh, because this hope of a Savior has become reality. This longing for redemption has been fulfilled. Jesus is sent to exclaim the good news that the coming Christ has arrived and salvation is here. And everywhere we turn, the news is spreading. And so what I want to share with you today is how the good news sparks joy how the good news sparks response, how the good news uh, sparks motion. So, first of all, the good news sparking joy. As the angels announced the arrival of Jesus, our salvation into the world, the joy was contagious. All of heaven was full of celebration, which spilled over upon the earth, and the shepherds were surrounded by the beauty of, of joy just unleashed. And the joy of the angels sparked joy in them. And our culture, our culture attempts to create and market joy during Christmas time. You probably experienced that. As uh, commercials tried to help you be joyful about purchasing this product. The promise of that experience was everywhere, tied up in the, the bait of purchasing the perfect gift or landing the best deal and making sure Amazon came through with their delivery on time. What about you? Were you able to get, get, get joy? Did, did you experience joy in the real way or in the culture's way? If you've been transformed by the incredibly good news of Christmas, then your life should be bursting at the seams, just like that Bethlehem sky. I'm talking about true, authentic, abiding joy the kind that is created from an, an awareness of our need for grace and sustained by the assurance of it. It's the, the kind that is deeply rooted and seasoned by God's faithfulness through the darkest nights and cultivated by the continued presence of grace. Of all people, we should model joy. It should animate our lives. 
the good news sparks joy. The good news also sparks a response. The joy of the angels sparked a response in the shepherds. Their first response was to believe. Their second response was to act. They embraced the message and then they went to find Jesus. And this is how the good news works. It demands a response. It always calls for both belief and action. Because one without the other, you got problems. Belief and action need to come together. What about you? What about you? Are you living in response to the good news? Have you embraced belief? Are you acting on that belief? The good news sparks a response. And finally, the good news sparks motion. The shepherds end this passage by returning home and rejoicing in the awe of their experience. But can you imagine them just returning to life as usual, keeping this, this mystery to themselves? Yeah, I'm out here taking care of the sheep. We just came back seeing Jesus. It was good. But, you know, we're shepherds, and, well, we got the sheep. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, if they were just going along their way, just normal, that would be ridiculous. Ridiculous. The good news continues to create chain reactions of change. What starts with joy leads to response, and our response leads to motion as we continue to spread the good news that captured us. We've been talking about discipleship in Sunday school class downstairs in the adult class. What does that look like? How does that come about? How can we disciple one another in this way? And the main idea about discipleship, though, is the idea that we share this life with them and we help them learn what it means to walk uh, with Christ. But then with with the end goal that they will also be able to share with someone else. So that when they share with someone else, they also then would expect that that person would share with someone else. So the response is that there's a motion going on, that a continual motion of the gospel moving forward. That God's kingdom is enlarged and continues on. That's how we should also be moving with the good news. It's easy to let the season's meaningful rituals slip into a mindless routine. Put up the Christmas tree, get the lights up, make sure there's plenty of food for people coming over. Oh, yeah, get the Christmas music playing because people, some people like Christmas music, especially before Thanksgiving or even before Halloween, whatever. And let's go through that. Oh, that's right, we've got to go to church on the 4th Advent Sunday because I think the choir is going to be singing or something like that. So we'll do that. You, you can just go through the motions and not really participate and actually be part of that (laughs) instead of being carried along and not really responding. The good news of Christmas calls for a response more profound than merely going through the motions. It sparks motion in us. We should be ready. We should be moved. The same God who sent Jesus to exclaim the good news is sending us. Love needs a voice. 
And you, you and I had the opportunity and honor to fulfill that. We are his hands and feet. We are his mouthpiece. We are used by him. Jesus was sent to exclaim the good news. We are also now, as the baton has been passed on to you, while ago or recently, ready to, to share the good news as well too with people. So, who needs to hear the good, this good news? Who do you know that needs to hear this good news? Are you ready and willing to intentionally share this good news with people that, that you know and interact with regularly? You see, the good news sparks motion. So, the good news does a lot of different things. It sparks joy. And so, are you experiencing that joy of the good news? It sparks response. And are you living in, in the response to the good news? Are you embracing belief and acting on that belief? It also, good news sparks motion. And who needs to hear that good news in your life? To move to that, that place, that person's life. What are you doing to intentionally share this good news with people you know? See, this new year comes for us to be able to not only make all these resolutions and promise to do this or do that, we should always continually be ready to share the good news. It shouldn't be at the beginning of a year, but it should be for the moment. Whatever next moment that God has for you, that you take hold of that and don't lose out on the opportunity of being used by God in someone else's life. Just think of how someone was able to be used by God in your life to share the gospel so that you can have a response and know that you can have eternity in heaven. You can have a Savior in your life who loves you and have that relationship with Him. Maybe it's time that you're that person now that shares that good news with someone else in your life. Someone who might have never heard of it before. Or maybe it's someone who has and is kind of skeptical. God wants to use you in that person's life to not only speak it, but to show it, what God has done for you. Are you ready to be used by him in that way? we got to pray for opportunities to share our joy and, and belief through our actions. People are watching because they know, some people know, you go to that church on the corner, the one that has that sign, right? Okay, so you must be a Christian, right? Okay. And so they're watching, watching how you deal with COVID, watching how you deal with the government, watching how you deal with other people who react to the government, <laughs> watching how you, how you post on Facebook, watching what you, how you react and respond in a lot of different ways. And they want to see if this relationship with Jesus that you, you claim is real and life-changing. Is it? Because people are watching. They are waiting to see if there's any kind of hope that they can find from your life because you are connected to the Savior of the world. Jesus was sent to exclaim the good news and now he is sending us out as beacons of joy, putting the kingdom into motion all around us. Are you ready? I hope you are because God's ready to use you in some way. You better believe in this year 363 days now, God is going to use you in some way. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on it. 
in our last reading of our Advent book. References, references Matthew 28, which I believe is something that we need to also take to heart and applies very well to all of this. Jesus said to his disciples, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of this age. This is the place where it all leads. All the roads converge on this mountain in Galilee. From the journey of Abraham and Sarah all the way across the years to, to the journeys which we embark on every day, they all lead here. Jesus, Mary's son, crucified and risen, gives each of us our marching orders. Go. Don't be afraid. I am with you every step of the way with my great love and infinite peace. He's with you. He will provide the way. He will equip you. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to have the worship team come on up. They're going to lead us in the last couple songs here. And as they do, I trust that you also, again, just get a fresh sense, a renewal, if you will, in your spirit about taking this new year and setting it before God and saying, Whatever you have for me, I will do it. That obedience will be the main thing in your life in this year of 2022. Whatever God has for you to do, you will do it. No matter how tough it is. No matter how out of, out of sorts it might be to you, thinking, are you sure it's me you want to use in this situation? God knows what he's doing. We need to trust him and realize that in this year of 2022, God's got some amazing, incredible things in store for you. Are you ready to be used by him?